this morning I want to talk about the wise men in the Christmas story because the, the, the Christmas story itself is only mentioned in two of the Gospels. Uh, Matthew, as he writes a Christmas story, never mentions the shepherds or the manger, but, but he does mention the star and he does mention the wise men who came to seek Jesus and worship him. Uh, and I believe that they have something to say to us this morning as a church in the, the situation and the circumstance that we are in. Uh, because what the wise men teach us as they come to travel uh, to find Jesus, because they didn't know where he was to start with. They were following a sign and then uh, they got revelation from scripture. So when they arrived at Jesus, they do teach us something about worship and how we worship. And so the, the words are going to come before us on the screen. And from Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 to 12, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, Be you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their country another way. We would be surprised by how much uh, tradition, legend, and myth um, has entered the story of the wise men. At this time of the year, we would be preparing for a nativity with the children, and which we'd be showing at the carol service. And we can't do that this year because of what's going on. But everybody knows the nativity. It's so cute to see the kids. And we see the three wise men arrive with the shepherds and, and all that. And even yesterday, as I was, we were putting up our Christmas decorations in our house, there was a wee display and the baby Jesus is in the middle of the Mary and Joseph are looking over baby. Jesus and then the three kings are looking over uh, the, the baby Jesus we have this assumption that on the night Jesus was born uh, the, the three kings uh, and they're not called kings the three wise men were there and so some things we have assumed about them the first one is this we have assumed they were kings nowhere does it tell us that they were kings Bible calls them wise men or magi uh, and we'll come on to that later. We have assumed as well uh, that they rode camels. Uh, now, that would probably be true because they travelled a long way at that particular time. And so camels probably would be the way uh, to go. Even on the PowerPoint you see this morning, you will see uh, three wise men uh, riding camels. We have assumed that there were three because there were three gifts. 
Uh, and so we've assumed because there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh, there were three wives, but the Bible doesn't actually tell us how many they were. Also, if you know the carol, uh, we three kings of Orientar, bearing gifts we travel afar. The number three obviously fits well with the carol. Uh, if there were 18 kings, it wouldn't fit with the carol at all to sing we 18 kings of Orientar. But we three kings of Orientar, so people just assume that there is three. We, we've assumed this as well. We've assumed that they arrived the night Jesus was born. Now, in this passage here, it tells us that now after Jesus was born, and also it tells us when they arrived at the house. So at some point uh, between Jesus being born and the wise men coming to visit, they must have moved from the manger to the house. I wouldn't imagine they were still living in the manger. The Bible does tell us some things. It tells us they, uh, we know that they traveled from the east. Uh, they were called Magi and they were a tribe of people. And they had probably traveled from Persia, which is probably modern day Iran. Uh, so it sort of would suggest a journey possibly of about 800 miles uh, at that, that turn. So it would suggest anyway that the journey was long. Uh, they were a group of people who simply studied the stars. They were interested in, in, in science. Now, if I said to you today about people who studied the stars, uh, what they would do, they would probably open a newspaper or go online and, and check their horoscope and they would find their star sign and it's really a lot of hocus pocus that no uh, Christians should really be involved in this superstitious activity because that's all it is. Uh, but these people, the Magi, were interested in both astronomy uh, and astrology. That simply that they were, would look up at the stars and they would be able to uh, decide and come to some conclusions and some formulas about looking up to the stars and seeing in a sense you know movements of stars and things that were happening uh, and so it's this science that they were really interested in and it was really a mix of mathematics and physics and chemistry science and all, all of that and it's probably best summed up this way uh, almost scientific theology that almost, and people are still like this today, because if we take a look, say maybe this building, we understand the building was built by builders who, who basically got the materials together. And so we would say, well, they built the building with their skill and with their expertise. But eventually you trace it back to where did the original materials come from? Uh, I'm not talking about the wood from the trees. Where did the trees come from? Who, who, who planted the trees? Who started the process of those trees? And this is what they would do. They would try and work out in a sense that they understood that we lived in this world, but actually there must be a, a, almost a, a bigger answer, a bigger God to answer the questions that mankind had. And they tended to look up to the stars and see the patterns of the stars and understand, well, well where is the answer? Uh, and, and so this is where the star comes in, in in this story. This is where it comes in. They were really sincere individuals who were seeking the truth. Now, we have to remember, in the particular area that they probably came from, we must remember that, that there probably were Jews that had simply went had ended up in exile, in captivity in this area. So they had heard all the Old Testament stories. They'd heard everything the Jews had had to, to say. Some of the Jews had, had, had mixed marriages and things like that. And so they'd had an understanding uh, of the Ju Judaism and the Old Testament history. 
And one of the things that it mentions so much in the Old Testament, because we've looked at it in Isaiah, is simply this. There was one that was coming, a saviour or messiah. Now that intrigued them immediately, being people who studied, being people who wanted to understand uh, what the world was about, it, it interested them. It, it sort of sparked something within them that says, well, we're looking for answers. Maybe we can find the answer here in what these people are saying to us. Maybe by reading some of the writings of Daniel, who would have been there, they were trying to piece together, who is this son of man? Who is this Messiah? Who is this one that is to be expected? So these wise men, these magi, begin a journey. And so they begin the journey, but they teach us something incredibly important, and it's this. The story of the wise men shows us how in order to find Jesus, every one of us needs direction. And in this story, God gives it. So God gives them a direction to a star that they followed. And the star led them to Jerusalem. It led them to Jerusalem because that's where the religious teachers and uh, the chief priests were. And so they end up in Herod's court. And they ask this interesting question. And they say, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now Herod would turn around and, and he, would, he was a bit put off by this because he's like, well, that's actually me. I, I'm the king of the Jews. He'd actually been appointed the king of the Jews by the Romans, but, but they weren't looking for him. They were looking for somebody else who actually was the true king of the Jews. It definitely wasn't going to be Herod because they haven't time to go into Herod's story, but Herod was a particularly nasty piece of work who, who, who killed a couple of his brothers, who, who had his wife murdered, and there were other uh, lovely, interesting things that somehow don't ever make it into the Christmas story. But that's the sort of person that Herod was. And so Herod stumped up by this a little bit because these wise men have arrived from the east, they've said they've followed a star, and they've asked this interesting question, where was he who was born the king of the Jews? So what Herod does, he gathers the chief priests, who were simply those who were in charge of the worship, and then the teachers of the law, those who were experts in scripture. And immediately it tells us they quoted Micah 5.2. And if you know Micah 5.2, it simply tells them where the Messiah is going to be born. It tells them that Bethlehem is going to be the place where the Messiah is going to be born. Now, the interesting thing about Bethlehem is this. Bethlehem is only five miles from Jerusalem. And so for the wise men, they immediately think, that's fantastic. We've traveled such a long way. We're literally there. The star has led us to here and scripture, the Bible will lead us the rest of the way because it confirms where the Messiah is going to be born. Now, you would think for the chief priests, the religious people, the least they could do was to accompany the wise men to Bethlehem to discover if this was true. I'm always amazed when I read this that the religious people, the people you would have thought would have been the ones that would have been the first to seek out he who is born the king of the Jews would have been the one that would have gone. It says it in Old Testament scripture. They were able to quote it immediately. What do they do? They send the wise men on the way and they miss the whole point of what this is all about. They knew the prophecy but they did not respond. Sad. The village was near enough. The actual risk was near enough. Even if they'd walked it, they could have been there in two hours, two and a half hours, and walked back in two and a half hours to discover if this was the truth, but they missed it. Yeah, but they were absent from the visits, these scholars and teachers of the law 
who, who were supposed to know. It's no wonder John writes in, one verse, in chapter 1, verse 11. He says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. In other words, his own did not want him. But, but that didn't deter God. It didn't deter what was to happen. But it does teach us this, that the star was enough to lead the wise men to Jerusalem, but it took the scripture to lead them to Jesus. See, no matter what God does, whether he uses a sign, whether he confirms it by scripture, he says his aim is for people to discover who Jesus is, what Jesus can do in their life. And see, we see here that they are called by a sign and then they are instructed by scripture and all of it is directed by God. All the things that could have gone wrong in the Christmas story. If you ever work out that, you know, if you ever sit down and I read this article once of somebody who sat down and said of all the things that could have gone wrong in the Christmas story, Joseph could have turned around and says, oh, I'm not taking her as my wife. You know, Mary could have run away. He says all of these things could have happened. And, and even with the wise men and stuff, they could have got to Jerusalem and said, no, we're not going. We don't. All the things that could have gone wrong. But God's direction, God's leading, God's guiding in everything that was to happen confirms it in all the characters that played their part in the Christmas story. What's interesting is the scripture tells us this afterwards. After they had left, it says a star reappears and it stood over the place where Jesus was. They stood over the place where Jesus was. I love this, that the wise men realized their journey was complete. Imagine spending the time they had spent on a journey. They were guided by a star to Jerusalem, then to Bethlehem where baby Jesus was. And you could imagine their excitement. You could imagine everything that was going to happen because they were here now. They were here. They had found what they were looking for. The star had led them to Jesus. Their hearts were full to overflowing. You know, the line of the song captures that we've sung this morning. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive a king. You could imagine this is the attitude, the heart of the wise men as they arrive at the place where they had found baby Jesus. And it simply tells us this. They fell down and worshipped him. It's a fascinating word that they use for worship here. It's more than that paid homage to somebody or more than adored it's, it's a word that simply says, and th this would be a strange situation. This is a baby. Uh, and, you know, you, you come in and it tells us that Mary is there. But, you know, and they come in and they fall down and worship the baby. Now, in anybody's mind, that, that, that would be a little bit freakish in a sense. But because it's baby Jesus, it's not. The wise men had gone on this journey uh, and they didn't know what they were looking for when they started, other than he was born the king of the Jews. They had found him, and as they gathered around him, it just simply says they fell down and they worshipped him. And it was more than adoration, more than paid homage, more than devotion. It was like everything they had been looking for, they had found in this little baby here. And a wonderful picture in the Christmas story is this, is these wise men weren't even Jews. They were Gentiles. It's almost like God had planned these wise men to be there 
as an illustration, uh, as a representative of everybody Jesus had come for, the, the, not just the Jews, but everybody else as well. And they had gathered there and they had worshipped, they had worshipped the baby. I mean, it had happened on the night when Jesus was born, when the angels had appeared to the shepherds. And it was like the angels saying to the shepherds, yes, you who aren't allowed in now to all the religious stuff, come on down, come on, worship him who is the king of the Jews and the saviour of the world. It's like this invitation is there in the story for everybody that thinks that they don't have a right to be there can be there. The wise men, the shepherds are there. The people missing, the religious people, the scholars, the chief priests. But these wise men, they fall down and they worship and they present their gifts. They present the gold for a king, frankincense for worship and myrrh. I can't never say this right. Myrrh for his death. After worshiping the Christ, that it tells us this. They departed for the country another way. It's interesting the word way that Matthew uses throughout his book, throughout his uh, gospel. In the two other places it's mentioned, it actually means a direction in life. It actually means to change a direction in your life. And somebody argues that actually that when the wise men went home a different way, they went home changed. That they had to have been changed. That they'd had an encounter as they fell at the feet, in a sense, sorry, as they fell at baby Jesus. And it says it had to have changed them. And so Matthew writes that they went home another way, in a sense in the physical, to avoid Herod, who, who wanted answers, but also they went home a different way because they'd been changed spiritually, because they had found what they were looking for. They'd found he was born the king of the Jews. He would be the saviour of the world. In chapter 7 of Matthew, it speaks of the narrow way and the broad way. In chapter 21, he speaks of the way of righteousness us and maybe Matthew is telling us this they went home a different way different men had spent their lives searching for truth and they had not just found it they had found him who is truth as well it's no wonder they fell down and worshipped him but it's their response that we see just earlier when they discovered they had arrived at the house where Mary and Joseph were saying it's just his word I want to read because this is our response uh, to worship. It says, when they saw the star that arrived over the house, he said they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And that great joy had come and then rejoicing because they had discovered who Jesus was. You see, if I, if I sort of relate it to today, often, uh, and we're sitting in church with masks on, and I thought about it as far as us gathering together, it's this. We have to understand as a church, we can worship in any condition. It doesn't have to be a perfect condition. I often think sometimes in churches that we get a little bit obsessed with the lights and the atmosphere, the ambience and all of that that goes on that can be helpful. But when that is removed, he says we simply have to come the same way these came and simply they found Jesus and they worshipped with exceedingly great joy because an encounter with Jesus will do that for anybody. Uh, and so we don't wait for perfect conditions. We don't wait for the right conditions. 
We can worship in any condition. And so I, I love that when they found Jesus, they presented their gifts and that was great. But what it tells us is this, they simply worshiped. What's Christmas about? It's about Jesus coming. What did the, when Jesus comes, what do we do? We worship, we worship, we worship. We adore him, we love him. We take the attitude of the wise men. Our hearts are filled with exceedingly great joy. And upon finding Jesus, they worshiped him. That's what Christmas is about. We worship him. What do we do over the next few weeks? No matter what we can't do, we can do this. We find Jesus and we worship him. Thank you, God. We worship him. Yeah. Thank you.